This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. Praise God. So tonight, as I said, I was super excited to be able to teach this message. God really ministered to my heart so many different ways in preparing this message. And I'm really, really believing for a mighty outpouring on your life that you too can experience that freedom that I've got through this. So right now, I just want to give a big, big thank you to Apostle T and Dr. Beth. I'm always so blessed to be able to share the word with you. So honored and so humbled. So thank you, mom and dad. Appreciate this. Can we just bow our heads, family? Father God, we just so overwhelmed by your presence tonight, Lord. We just love you so much, Father. Thank you for this great privilege of being able to come together and to worship you, God, and just to sit around your word, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are the teacher. I know I'm nothing without you, God, and I know that you've given us the Holy Spirit as a teacher. And so I submit myself completely to you. And I thank you, Lord God, that your words would fall tonight like soft spring rains on on new growth, Father, and bring a harvest in our lives that many too can can receive from that, Lord. Thank you, Lord God, that you speak through me, Lord God. Thank you, Father God, for this opportunity, and thank you, Lord God, that your word changes our lives in the mighty name of Jesus. Anyone said? Amen. Amen. Well, family, we're already halfway, in fact, more than halfway through in our All In series, and it's just been such a good word. But you know, the thing is, is that no matter how good the word is, if we don't apply it in our lives, we can't really reap the benefits of that, can we? So I just want to encourage you, just even if you go back on the messages and listen to them again, because there's so much power in the series. So I just want to get straight into the Word today. And my theme for tonight is found in Acts chapter 13 and verse 36. And it says, Now when David had served God's purpose in his own generation, he fell asleep and was buried with his ancestors and his body decayed. And I'm sure you're sitting there thinking, whoa. Pastor Jeannie, what a morbid place to start a teaching on. But family, you know what? We need to be reminded that we only have one lifetime. And time goes by so quickly. Amen. We need to be reminded that each one of us, God has put a call and a purpose and a plan in our lives. And I would just like for you to receive that right now. If you've never really thought about that, let me tell you something that there's nothing, the reason that you are here right now is far bigger than you could ever imagine. And I just love this thought as well, you know, that our purpose individually and our purpose collectively is to impact our generation. And this is not just any generation, this is our generation. There's ownership here that God has given us, family. I mean, it's just, let me tell you, it's not an accident that you are here at this time. We were born for this moment. So here's the thing, you know, and maybe I thought about this. It's probably good that I'm the church granny and I should talk about this. But you know what? If, if, if my life ended, if I went to heaven before Jesus came back, hopefully there'll be somebody talking about my life or maybe your life and that they would say something. I just think this is such a beautiful scripture. You know, that they would say that, you know, that we lived our life in such a way that we completed and fulfilled our race. You know, that they said, Jenny, serve God's purpose in her own generation. And it wasn't about her, it was about Jesus. 
And the next generation came and picked up the baton and continued with that journey. And so I just, as I said, think that's such a beautiful, beautiful scripture and kind of brings us to this question that really we want to jump into tonight and remembering that we're talking about all in and the question is how do I go all in and serve God's purpose in my own, in our generation? I want you to just get this picture. You know how you see, um, you know, these sports movies and they're kind of in the locker room and they're about to head out to the second half of the game and I'm considering that already nearly half or more than half of the year is gone already, family. <laughs> you know, we know we're going to win the game. Amen. So the question is, how do we win the game? Because we need to know how, how to serve God's purpose in our generation. And so with that, I've got some good news and I've got some bad news. And who would like the good news first? Who would like the bad news first? Are we going with that? <laughs> Okay, so the, this is quite heavy, so just take a deep breath, okay, hold on to your seat for a moment, because here's the bad news, the world is crazy, I mean, come on, you know, when you think about the politics and the culture and, and the conspiracies and the news flashes, I mean, it's just, it's craziness out there, we're not surprised by that, let's just at least acknowledge that there's a lot of craziness going on out there, family, and so, you know what, I think Actually, one of the biggest reasons that we're experiencing all this craziness is because we are experiencing, we are actually in a season of unprecedented change. And with that change comes a whole lot of turmoil on top of all the stuff that we already need to deal with. Isn't that true? And so I kind of found this amazing study. And it says this, it says, in the year 1900, human knowledge used to double every century. By 1945, human knowledge was doubling every 25 years. Wait for it. Since 1982, human knowledge doubled every 12 to 13 months. Starting 2020, not even three years ago, human knowledge is now doubling every 12 hours. We can't even get our head around so much change. I've kind of, you know, got to thinking of my own life, the amount of change that I've seen. I mean, people are talking about AI. To me, that's something out of a science fiction movie, you know, but those things catch you, don't they? I mean, I remember Encyclopedia Britannica, all of human knowledge, there on a shelf, A to Z. You didn't have to go and buy it. They'd come to your house and sell it to you. And by the time they delivered it, it was already outdated. And then they kind of had you because you had to keep buying the updates, right? <laughs> How it's just amazing. You know, another thing that you now we can literally at a click of a button, we have access to all this information. Another thing that comes to mind is Spotify music that you have now. I mean, how many of you remember records? How many of you remember record players? You know, those LPs and the seven singles. <laughs> how about the tapes? You know, those Walkmans. You had to rewind and fast forward and rewind and fast forward to try and find the song that you want to listen to. At least most of you remember CDs and DVDs, right? <laughs> Praise the Lord for that, not just me. But you know, just think about it. That one industry, how much has it developed just in my lifetime? I'm so grateful to the media team for my cool pictures they've got up there, right? I remember the days we used to come to church and we had overhead projectors. Yeah. 
right? And I tell you, if you were the guy that had to do those transparencies, oh my goodness, you would just pray, let it be the right way around. Let it be the right transparency. Let them be able to read it, family. Am I right? How many of you still go to movies? Not many, exactly. Because everything now gets streamed, right? But I tell you what I love is the fact that we don't have to have landlines anymore. I can have face-to-face conversations with my children overseas for as long as I want. That works for me. But we get it, right? There's just been so much change, family. And it really does create all of this turmoil. We really are in a season of unprecedented change. Now, in 1990, there was a futurist, a guy by the name of Peter Vale, and he made this statement then. He said, there's a time coming that is going to be full of rapid change. And I honestly think we're here. He made the statement, he says, there'll be a generation that lives in permanent white water. Isn't that just a fascinating phrase? And he kind of draws this metaphor, and I'd like to demonstrate this with, with a video, there are two videos that I have for you. And just put the first one on for me, thank you. So this is pretty much what life used to look like, right? You know, we would sort of have a few little rapids and we would get through them. We would navigate them somehow, but then we would have a little bit of plain sailing afterwards and life would be good. This is what life looks like now. Show us the next one. Okay, so it's just all the time. Those situations, that conversations, the pandemics, I mean, all those things. Like, please put it off, put it off, put it off. God's peace, just fill this auditorium again. That's what I'm talking about. Can be permanent white water. And this is what he defined as permanent white water. A churning, changing landscape of challenges. What a great way to summarize what we are actually constantly facing in our lives. We need to understand this. Why is it that we feel the way that we feel? And just, I'm getting to the good news in a moment, okay. But just recognize, family, it's so easy just to become full of fear and and doubt and confusion. And you know, just about this world that we're living in right now. Because it's coming at us nonstop. This churning changing landscape of challenges that come relentlessly without reprieve. And that's how he describes it in 1990. And this is the world that we're living in right now. It's just full of these crazy surprises. These, and they'll come, that's what he actually said, he said it'll come as surprises to us. That they don't fit neatly into these categories that we already possess. They'll have other components and other characters. And isn't that true? I mean, we are facing things we never even imagined was possible. And they just come with this enormous amount of, of thought to try and navigate around them. I mean, you speak to businessmen, and they just say there's so much distracted time that it takes to just navigate through these weird things that they're having to deal with. In fact, you know, honestly, these challenges that we face are so weird and so bizarre they would actually be amusing if they were not so very dangerous. And that's the world that we're living in. Permanent white water. Just think about that for a minute. I want to remind you, we're in the all-in series. I want to see you see yourself in the locker room. We're about to go out there and live life that God has called us to live in our generation. 
And we've actually got a choice that we need to make. So I'd like to give you the first choice, and I really hope this is not one that we will begin, we'll make. But family, it is a choice, so I'm gonna give it to you anyway. We can just believe, you know what? It's all over for our generation. There's just too much trouble. There's just too much rough water. It's just too crazy out there. You know what, so we're just gonna pass the buck to whoever comes after us, if anybody even survives. <laughs> or let's just grab the children and get some chickens and go build a bunker and we'll just wait it out. You know, we'll just try and survive a little bit. Come on, we've all had that moment, right? <laughs> it's all happened. You know, we'll just, you know, we'll just, maybe that's a strategy. We'll just wait it out. You know, the ship is sinking. We'll jump on the life raft and Jesus will come and rescue us. But we're the church, everybody. We're digging into the word today. Come on, there's gotta be a better choice for us. Family, and I really believe today is the day that we can make that choice, and that is this, that we do not believe that it's all over for our generation, that we decide that this isn't just any generation, this is our generation, that God has made us, he created us to live at this time. What a privilege, what an honor that God chose us to be in this moment, that we could even rise up, that we could actually be that glorious church that he speaks about in the word, where God the Father will look at Jesus and say, son, your bride is ready. We've been waiting for this. This is the time to go. Come on, how about that for a shift in mindset? Acts chapter 17 says that we, can, we could have been born at any time at all. There must be a reason that God chose for me to be here at this time. And I want to know what my purpose is in my generation. Don't you? Ephesians 6 verse 10, I really believe this is a verse that God has for us because it's come up so many times in the last couple of weeks. Because it says, it says this, it says, finally... And I believe that we are in the finally, family. Finally be strong in the Lord. And this is what God has called us to right now and in this moment when it's so easy to rather go run and hide. But God has said, <laughs> he said to us, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on the whole armor of God so we can take our stand Look at your neighbor and say, it's time to take your stand. So we can take our stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. It's not against all this distraction and all this white water that we see, family. But our struggle is against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And you know what, no matter how difficult it may seem, no matter how dark it may and crazy this world may seem, actually, the world didn't just get crazy. Because you know what, every generation has had spiritual unbelievers. Every generation has had evil forces to battle. This is just our time. And I'm so grateful to the generation of believers that came before us and stood their ground family that we now get to continue in the line of Jesus, that we in this moment can take our stand because this is our generation. And if God has a purpose for it, I say let's serve God's purpose. Amen. Amen. 
So the bad news is that the world is crazy. Okay. The good news is it may feel hopeless, it may feel dark, but the light shines brightest in the darkness. And I believe that we are starting to see that light shining through. Because you know what? The world has tried everything and nothing has worked. And people are getting desperate. And when people get desperate, they get desperate for God. And you know what I believe? That people are starting to turn back to God again. And it's been a while, but they're doing it now. I don't know how long they're gonna turn for, but I believe this is what's happening right now. That people are saying, is there a way out? of these circumstances? Is there maybe a way that I can lift myself above these circumstances? Is there hope and is it God? And this is our chance to rise up at the church and say, come over here. God has a plan for your life. God has a purpose for your life. And it's far greater than anything that this world could ever offer you. And we're starting to see it, family. We're seeing these sparks of revival all over the world. I mean, the one that I think we've all heard about is the Asbury University, this beautiful outpouring of God's presence. I mean, and a university campus that is so powerful. And I really believe it's a catalytic moment that we would realize that our revival has already begun. A catalytic moment because the whole world got to know about that, where there was just the sweet presence of God. It was nothing man-made about it. And I don't know if you've noticed, if you've been here, right here in our church, there's a difference in the anointing. There's an excitement in the air. Revival is upon us. I believe it. We just sense the presence of God. No one's trying to steal the show. It's just each and every one of us just soaking up God's presence. I mean, we see all ages, all different walks of life. Our whole rainbow nation, I see us together worshiping God and just soaking up His presence. And right now, there's a sense of desperation. You know, that we've been through a lot over the last few years. There's no question about that. But I believe this is where the world is at right now. There's been so much opportunity for us all to get afraid and kind of just step back and just lose courage. But I want you to know what it says in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 36. It says, we need to persevere. Come and say that we need to persevere. Carries on, it says, so that when we have done the will of God, we will receive what he has promised. For in just a little while, family, it says, he who is coming will come and not delay. Come on. We know how this thing ends. To live is Christ and to die is gain. Jesus is coming back. But while we're here, we've got work to do. Continues, and it says, but my righteous one will live by faith. I take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back. And here's our all-in verse. He says, but we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed. We belong to those who have faith and are saved. Family, we're going all in for our generation. That's God's call that we should serve His purpose in our generation. I'll tell you what, this message has fired me up so much because it's such an incredible opportunity that we have. And I wish there wasn't so much darkness in the, in the middle of it, but we get to represent Jesus in this generation. We are called for his purpose for us. 
So you may be sitting and saying, well, how exactly do we do that? And I'd like to just give you three things tonight that we can do. In fact, I think any generation can, can do this. And the first one is this, is that we live with an unmistakable mission. That we live our life with a mission that is above our circumstance, above our job, above anything else that we may count as being successful in our lives, but that we rather receive and walk in and live out his mission. Because you know what? We are not here by accident, family, and we're not just here to survive. We are on assignment. That's why we are here. In Luke chapter 10 and verse 2, it says, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest to send workers out into his harvest field. Now, I love the perspective of this, of this verse. It's just so beautiful that Jesus uses this word harvest. And what that tells me is that, you know, when we look at the world, we tend to see the, distract, the distractions and the circumstances around us. But Jesus sees something very different. Now, Jesus looks at this from a, a different angle. And he sees not just the trouble and the distraction because he's dealt with it. Not just the fear and confusion because he's dealt with it. Jesus sees the opportunity that all the people on earth desperately need him. I don't know if anybody's ever been on the top of Table Mountain. My place. <laughs> I mean, I stand there and I'm like, oh, it's so beautiful. The sea and, and the mountains and the scenery and the beautiful city of Cape Town. But you know, family, what Jesus sees? He sees the apartments, the homes, the businesses, the people that need him. Jesus sees the harvest. It's just a different perspective of the mission and the call of the harvest. And that's the vision that we need to have. We need to ask the Lord of the harvest, God, help me to see what you see so that I can live with that mission, with that vision in this white water world that I'm in. So I can have that perspective. God, keep my eyes where your eyes are and keep my eyes on the prize. Number two is this, is that we need to have an unyielding core. In this ever-changing world, family, we need to have something on the inside of us that does not change, a changeless core. Because I want to tell you, if we don't have that, this world of turmoil and change will sweep us up into it, and it will lose that very thing that makes us different. Now, let me tell you, there's so much opportunity for us to cave in or to compromise. We cannot. We can never compromise, and especially not right now. This is our moment to stand firm and love well, and our love comes from standing firm on what we believe and on whom we believe. Because you know what? If we don't have the score, I'm telling you again, we will be swept up into that turmoil. We've got to develop hearing God's voice and have this call so that when these circumstances and these challenges come our way that we've never faced before, that we just have this internal guide on the inside of us. In Proverbs 11 verse 3, it says, the integrity of the upright guide them, but the unfaithful are destroyed by their duplicity. Let us not have duplicity, family. 
Let us be filled with integrity because that's who we are. We're not perfect, but we're saved. We're redeemed, and we're putting our life in God's hand. So you may say to me, well, what is this core made of? Well, it's what do we believe in? And what are we fighting to develop within our core? The first has got to be the unconditional love of the Father. Family, that God loves us, not because of who we are, but because of the way that he, because of who he is. I love what Apostle Theo says. He says, God's love is based on his unchanging nature. And I grew up in, in, under religion, where it was all about what I had to do. But God loves us for who we are. We are the sons and daughters of the most high God. Secondly, we need to have a connection to his love, that God the Father sent his one and only son, the Lord Jesus Christ. So what is in our core? The supremacy of Jesus Christ, that he overcame sin and we can live in a relationship with him. And thirdly, through that relationship, we have access to the power of the Holy Spirit. The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives on the inside of us. We do not have to have fear. We do not have to have confusion. We have the fruits of the Spirit growing on the inside of us, family. Let me tell you, the world cannot comprehend this, the power that we have on the inside of us. Apostle Thea spoke about it this morning. That power, if we can just draw on that. The fourth thing in our core has got to be the Word of God, right? The Bible is our core. We've got to consume the Word of God because it's full of life, family. It's full of wisdom. And so we need to work on our core. And then we need to work on our core some more because as it develops, it strengthens every other part of our lives. See, every single day we need to take time just to develop a little bit more little bit more of our core because that's going to help us to grow strong in wisdom, to grow strong in honor and respect, to grow strong in generosity. All these things that we need to be effective in our mission with the Lord. And here's a great one. Let us treat others the way we want to be treated ourselves. Just imagine for a moment what the world would be like if we all did that. But you know what, family, if we just live that way, God will give us influence in our generation. And that too will attract others to fulfill their mission. And so number two is we need to have an unmistakable mission. The second thing is we need to have an unyielding core. And the third thing that we need to have is an unbreakable bond. And the only way we can live all in, the only way that we can really serve God's purpose in our generation is to have this unbreakable bond. If you turn with me to Ecclesiastes chapter four, I'd like you just to see this in the Bible. It's Ecclesiastes chapter four from verse nine. And it says, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either one of them falls down, the, one, the other one can help him up. But pity the one who falls and there's no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though, they, though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. And here's the key part. I'd like you to underline this part. A cord of three strands is not easily broken. The world is just too great. There's just too much white water, family. There's just too much turmoil and change for any of us. 
to try and go out there and live our Christian life all by ourselves. More than ever before, we need to lock arms with, with people. Would you do me a favor, just turn to the person on your right and say, we are better together. Turn to the person on your left and say, we are better together. Amen, family. I mean, I look in, around this room tonight and there's just so much diversity, you know, people from all different walks of life. And it's so wonderful to have us all together in unity in Christ and only in Jesus is that possible. You know, in actual fact, one of the last prayers that Jesus prayed on the earth was in John 17 and he says, I pray that they may be one. And it's with purpose. It says, one so that the world may see me and may believe in me. So we need to have that unbreakable bond. And actually, it's the most evangelistic thing today to do. Because you see, are we always going to see things the same? I don't think so. Are there times that we may fail each other? Most probably. But we really have to make this decision that, you know what, we, we value what we have in here. And that we together are going to continue to strengthen it. Because you know what? We're going to do it. We're going to do it together. Let me tell you, Christian, Christianity is not an independent study. It really is a group project. It's something we do together. And the only way that we can live this out in this whitewater generation we find ourselves is to lock arms together. If I know I've got locked in with you on my right, locked in with you on my left, man, we can face anything because we face it together. You must know this, that the enemy hates hates the unity that we have in this church, hates the unity in the body of Christ. I don't know if you've ever noticed this, that probably the biggest fight you have is on your way to church. <laughs> Why? Because the devil will do anything in his power to stop you from seeking God and stop you from finding God and to try and steal that, that word away from you. And you know what? I honestly think, I think that coming to church on a Sunday is a dagger to the enemy. And you know what I think is a bigger dagger? is where we get so cheeky, we even meet outside of Sundays. We come on Tuesdays, and we come on Saturdays, and we meet for groups or, during the week. I mean, family, that, that's what we do. That's how we grow together. And I'm encouraging you. I mean, we're just in our freedom group starting a brand new, uh, uh, um, all our curriculums are, are, are running out, new semester that we're rolling out. I mean, the church, we as the church staff have just been on one of the freedom uh, groups, and I'm t it's, it's amazing. Been on one of the courses, it was amazing. If you've not been in it, if you're not running a group, do it. It's amazing. It will also, it will strengthen us as we walk together and growing in God. And I'm going to throw another concept out there as well that you might not have considered, that actually being in small groups is spiritual warfare. You know why? Because just that act of gathering together says to the enemy, you cannot divide us. We are not alone. We have others around us. And when we connect relationally like that, we grow in God, family, and we're going to fight the enemy and say, we are better together and nothing is going to separate us. Yes, give him some praise. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Michael Jordan says this. He says that talent wins games, but teamwork wins championships, and we are champions for his God. 
So we are in it to win it, to serve God's purpose in our generation. And family, I still think it is such an honor that God has given us this promise and that He has chosen us to be in this generation. And you know what? If He's chosen us, He's going to equip us. And if He's chosen us, He's going to empower us. And if He's chosen us, He has a plan for us. It is no accident that any one of us are here right now at this moment. God has a purpose for our generation. And He wants us to be a part of that. And He wants us to serve that purpose. And He's got a lot of promises for us. And, you know, we'll do this promise in Psalm chapter 2. I mean, I think actually, in fact, this, this is kind of one that stands on top of this entire message, building our faith for this time. And listen, family, to this scripture in this crazy world that we live in, Psalm chapter 2 and verse 8 is a higher truth. It's a promise for today, and it always has been. And he says this, only ask, and I will give you the nations as your inheritance, the whole earth as your possession. And sometimes we just feel like, you know, we, we're trying to survive on some little island. No, 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 God's saying, if you'll just ask me, I will give you the nations, a revival of the awakening of my power. That's what God has for us, family. But you know what? It's one thing to hear it. It's another thing to claim it. And I believe that we can claim it for our generation because that's what God has called us to right now. That we really have, we're, we're not a generation that's going to pass the buck to somebody else, but we're going to carry that short, torch and stand firm. Can I just ask you just to bow your heads for a moment? I'd like you just to take a moment and just consider what we've been speaking about tonight. And just think about, you know, how this, this world has affected each and every one of us, the effects of what the pressure has been in our lives. And maybe you've got children and maybe you've got grandchildren and maybe you're thinking, my goodness, that's so different to the world that I grew up in. It's so different to the things that I had to face. And how are my children, how are my grandchildren going to actually manage to do this? So I'd like to just pray for each and every one of us tonight. And Father God, as we just in your beautiful presence right now, Lord, I want to just pray, Father, for courage, Lord. Thank you, Father, for your boldness. Thank you, Father God, that you raise us above what we're seeing because we are citizens of heaven, that you empower us, that you equip us, Father God, that we're not hiding on an island, we're not hiding under a bush, we're not hiding in the mountains, but we are standing strong, that we are shining our light, Father God. And you promised, my God, that we could be the glorious church, that we are not here by accident, that we are here because you chose us, each and every one of us, you chose us. And Father God, I just pray for each person here tonight, Father. I thank you, Lord God, for a fresh anointing of courage, of boldness, of just empowering, Father God. Thank you, Lord God, that you do something mighty in our hearts right now, in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Father God, for supernatural wisdom that we would navigate, that we would stand up and count, that where people, maybe at work, maybe people that we come, come across our path, whether it's in our family, whether it's at work, whether wherever it might be, that we would be the ones that would stand up and say, this is the way. We know the way. We have the answer. And just share with them. 
your love, my God. Thank you, Lord God. We receive it right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Maybe you're here tonight and you say, Pastor Jenny, this is, I just feel so lost and so alone and I just don't even know how to begin to navigate the things that I'm facing, that I constantly feel like, like I'm on shifting sand. And maybe you've never made the Lord Jesus or Jesus Lord of your life. And let me tell you, He's the only firm foundation that we have. And without Him, we have nothing to hold on to. He is our anchor. He is our true north. And it's so easy to do this. He's laid down his life because he loves you so much. So tonight, all you have to do is respond to that love and say, I want to receive Jesus Christ into my life. I want to be able to say, I am a Christian. I want to be able to say with surety, I have a place in heaven one day. And if that's you, in a moment, I'm gonna ask you just to raise your hand. You guys online, please just do the same as well. In the other venues, this is so important. This is why we are here. Or maybe, maybe you've been serving God and you just feel a bit lost and you're just feeling that all of these things that have been happening around us has maybe just taken you away and taken your attention off of God and it's, there's so much distraction. And tonight you just wanna say, I wanna come back. I want to reaffirm my commitment to the Lord. I'm gonna give you an opportunity in a moment as well. Or maybe you're just unsure. Do I really have a place in heaven? Is this ready for me? So for those three opportunities, I'm gonna to count to three in a moment. If you wanna receive Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, if you wanna recommit your life to the Lord tonight, or if you wanna be sure that you've got a place in heaven, I'm gonna ask you right now, I'm gonna to count to three, one, two, three. Just raise your hand up right there where you are. It's right where you are, just raise it up. There we go, I see a hand. Thank you, thank you, thank you. This is your moment, thank you so much. I'm just gonna wait a moment because I think there are people here don't be concerned about what the person may say next to you or what your family member may say. This is about you. When you stand before the Lord Jesus one day, you're gonna be alone. So you need to raise your hand up right now because this opportunity may be your last. Just raise it up right where you are. Thank you, Father. Praise you, my God. Praise you, my God. Thank you, Lord. I'm gonna just ask everybody if you can just say this prayer together with me right now. I'd appreciate it. Just pray. Precious Father, thank you for giving your only Son that I may be forgiven. And right now, Lord Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross for me, that you've forgiven my sins. On the third day, you rose again. And with that, I was justified. Thank you that you make me whole. I receive you right now as my personal Lord and Savior. Be my God. Help me to forgive every single person that's ever hurt me or harmed me in any way. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Well, I'm gonna ask you guys to do one more thing. This is the most 
the most important decision that you could ever make of your whole life. Somebody's been praying with you right now. They're just going to take you to a place of prayer. This is really, really important. You would just take your, 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 your bag and things with you, your belongings. Thank you. I nearly said luggage. I thought it's not that. <laughs> Just take your belongings with you. Go along with them. If you've got family members with you, take them along with you. You really, really need to do this. It's going to encourage you. Come on, family. Put your hands together. Thank you. Thank you. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. I'd like to just hand over to our venue host right now. I also want to just say, family, if there's anybody here tonight, maybe you just say, you know, you appreciate the prayer, but you really feel that you would like to have a little bit more ministry, maybe individual ministry. Our pastors will be in the front directly after the service. So please come along and just come up for extra prayer if you would like to do that. And also those of you here for the very first time, we would love to meet you, love you, give you a cup of coffee in the mall directly across from where we are right now, where it says, welcome, welcome home, it says, We'll be there, love to meet you, love to connect with you. So please come along and do that. And right now, we'd just love to pray for you once again. If you can just stand for a moment. Precious Father, we, we are so grateful to you, Father. Thank you, Lord God, for this time that we've had in your presence. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Father God, that as we go, Lord, we go with confidence knowing that God is for us. Who can be against us? Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Thank you, Lord, for your angels that encamp around about us. Thank you that you've kept our homes safe while we've been here, Lord. And thank you, Father God, that you never leave us and never forsake us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerantz. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerantz and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com. Thank you.